Good morning. I am very excited for Mission Sunday. I don't know about you, but the one thing that excites me about it is our God. When we talk about what God is doing around the world and what we support, what we help doing around the world, then that gets me excited because we're, we're bringing glory to God. And, and, and when we start talking about these things, I see how powerful our God is. So I'm glad that we're all together. I'm really glad that our Hispanic ministry has joined us, been able to join us today. Welcome to them. Welcome to our members. Welcome to our visitors. I see several of you here. If you're not aware, uh, we support all these missions that Patrick and, and our group talked about. We, we do it by one day of year today, raising all the money for the whole year for the next 12 months of supporting our mission work. So we're raising $35,000 or more today, uh, and you get to be a part of that. Uh, just we're, we're going to have some of the slides and scriptures in Spanish. We've translated part of it uh, on some pieces of paper for our, our Spanish speakers. Uh, and, and so the things will look a little bit different today than normal, but it's going to be, I, I hope it's really beneficial and uplifting for you. So our, our Spanish slides will be from the NIV, our English slides from the New Living Translation. How many of you... Uh, have ever gone, I, I want to raise of hands, how many of you have ever gone on the mission trip to Ciudad that was talked about? Raise your hands. All right, a number of you. How many of you have ever thought about, keep your hands up by the way, those who just raised your hand. How many of you have ever thought about going on a mission trip? Raise your hand. All right, we got several more. How many of you have stepped outside your front door this morning and came here? All right, that's everybody, right? All right, you are missionaries. I say that because we're talking about supporting works in other countries on other continents around the globe. And some of you have not had that opportunity or been able to be blessed in that way. And so you may not feel a part of that work. And so Mission Sunday to you is like, uh, uh, this, is, this doesn't really apply to me. I want you to know that you are a missionary Paul talked about the universal church in scripture. You know what he called it? The church. There's just one. And whether we're speaking in Spanish, whether we're speaking in English, whether we're in this country, or whether we're in Mexico, or whether we're in Greece, or whether we're in Belgium, or the Netherlands, or whether we're in Pakistan, we're the same church, we're the same group of people. It's not an American church, it's not a church in Minnesota, it's not a church in the Twin Cities. It's not an international church. It is the church. We are the church. We are not divided by nationality. We're not divided by skin color. We're not divided by geography or by politics. We are the church. John chapter 17, verse 21 says this. Jesus, in his prayer last night before he's arrested, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me. Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. We are one church. We are one body. All the believers, you're visiting here. If you're a believer, we are one group of people that may not always be together every Sunday, but we are together now because we are one. And there's a reason for that. So that everyone else understands and will believe in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10. I'm going to read these verses 10 through 15. So, there's six verses here. Uh, it, it's, it just gives us a foundation 
for what we're doing. Paul gives us that. So Romans 10, 10 through 15 says, For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord. Who gives generously to all who call on him? For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. These verses not only illustrate the need for evangelism everywhere. So out our, outside our front door or around the world. They not only illustrate the need for evangelism, but they illustrate that it's the whole human race. It's Jew and Gentile, everyone else. So no one's left out. And that we are to be involved in spreading that message, in the sending out. Everyone is. Paul makes it very clear. So hopefully you know our missionaries a little bit better now. You know the Robs. Uh, they've been doing this for 30 years. They, they went over there to plant churches. They're on the border of Belgium uh, and the Netherlands, and that's what they do. Phil and Rebecca are in Athens. They're working with refugees primarily, uh, and, and they're, they're spending a lot of time in prayer in order to ask God, where do you want me to work? So it's not a church planting thing like uh, we typically think. And then Bia. Bia's over there right now in Pakistan, and she's serving the Gill family and enabling them to better serve those in Pakistan who don't know Jesus and those that do. So one of the things that I hope you realize that you may not realize is that, you know, when I was growing up, we just thought of mission work as, hey, you go and you go to another country and you plant a church and then that church. We've got a lot of other methods and strategies that, that we're seeing now. And we've got missionaries. We're supporting a lot of different things. There's a variety in that. So I hope that piques your interest. Uh, I was also told by the missions committee, if you're interested in missions or you're interested in being part of the missions committee, then talk to them. Find out more about it. They wanted me to tell you that. They, they want more people involved in this. And I can get real excited quickly about that. I could... Uh, I, it, you know, at the end of our lesson, uh, some of our young people are going to pass baskets around. I know some of you have already given, and, and that's great, but we're going to pass the baskets anyway. Uh, if I, I can get real excited talking about my experience in missions, talking about how fun it was. So for young people, I, I, I love, I can do that. I'm not going to today. I don't, I don't have enough time. I'm just trying to get us all excited around the same thing. But mission work is truly uh, a blessing. So. Uh, hopefully you, you see that. Now, the Apostle Paul uses, we just got through reading these scriptures in Romans 10. The Paul, Apostle Paul uses an allegory in Romans chapter 11. Uh, and in Romans chapter 11, it, it, it's a little confusing, but the main point is clear, especially look at, when you look at the broader context of chapters 9, 10, and 11 in Romans. So let me give you these verses to show you that broader context. Romans chapter 9, verse 6. Well then, has God failed to fulfill his promise to Israel, you know, God's chosen people? No, for not all who are born into the nation of Israel are truly members of God's people. He's talking about if you, just because you're born geographically in Israel, that doesn't mean you're a part of the house of Israel. All right, verse 15 and 16. 
For God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. And chapter 10, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, Paul quotes these passages, uh, and, and the answer is about the past and about the present. Present being what Paul is in the, with the establishment of the church, which we are still in. Is it not? Is it losing? I could have taken my sweater off, too. Uh, but, all right. All right. The, um, Paul makes it very clear in these three chapters of Romans that the gospel is for everyone. And, and that is big in Paul's mind. That is big in my mind. That is big in the mind of God and the mind of Jesus. God's mercy is for everyone. Paul's present and past, Old Testament, believers, people of God, kingdom of God, New Testament, church, it's all a part of the people of God. And then in chapter 11, Paul uses this story, this allegory of an olive tree. Uh, I've got some pictures uh, of an olive tree. Uh, so here, when Tina and I got to go to Greece and visit uh, the Jacksons in March, uh, and, we, and we spent almost three weeks there. This is an olive tree. This is actually the marketplace where where Paul is, is walking around and talking in Acts chapter 17, and then he, they call him up on Mars Hill from there, and we got to do that as well. This is just, it's just in the market. It's, it's not a, really a real pretty looking tree. Now, the person under it is really pretty. Uh, that's my wife, Tina. All right, now close up. The next picture is a close up of that same tree, that kind of ugly looking tree. These are the olives that were on it at that time. Uh, they're everywhere. So Paul uses this allegory of an olive tree and, and, of course, it was common in that part of the world and with, and with the Jews. And then he, we're going to read verses 17 through 24 of, of Romans chapter 11 to tell this story. All right, so here we, here we go. You can follow along in your Bibles. Romans 11, starting verse 17. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel, have been broken off. And you Gentiles who were branches from a wild olive tree have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag about being grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the root. Well, you may say, those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember, those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Jesus Christ. And you are there because you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe towards those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. And if the people of Israel turn from their unbelief, they will be grafted in again. For God has the power to graft them back into the tree. You, by nature, were a branch cut from a wild olive tree. So if God was willing to do something contrary to nature by grafting you into his cultivated tree, he will be far more eager to graft the original branches back into the tree where they belong. 
All right, that's the allegory. That's the story. Uh, there at the last part of the verses, you know, Paul's using this story of, a, of an olive tree. He's actually using one like one in a garden, a cultivated olive tree that they are, you know, harvesting the olives of off, off the, all the time, not a, not a wild one. And then he uses this story of a branch from a wild olive tree, grafting it in to the branch of the cultivated tree. And, and one of the things I read that I didn't realize is that some writers were saying Paul is just a city boy because that never happens. They said they don't take branches of a wild olive tree and graft them into the cultivated tree. They take branches from a cultivated tree that's used to bearing fruit and they graft them into the wild olive tree. But then I kept reading and I kept studying. And what they said actually was sometimes they do take branches from a wild olive tree if they've got a cultivated tree that has not been producing enough olives and it's, it's slowing down in its production rather than continuing to produce, they do take branches from a wild olive tree, graft them into the cultivated olive tree, and it kind of sparks it. And it, not only does the wild branch start to produce olives more, but the, the tree itself, the cultivated tree, starts to produce more. He's telling this story. He says, this is what happens. I, I, I just, you know... I, I'll make it, try to make it easy, easy and summarize it for you. So, uh, in the first thing, first point, there would have been no such thing as Christianity if there wasn't Judaism first. All right, we need, we need to remember that. We, you know, I, I grew up reading all the time about the, how the Jews rejected Jesus, and I didn't like them because of that. And, and you know, there's, there's a lot of anti-Semitism in the world, and I, one of the things that Paul is saying one of the things we need to remember, there would have been no such thing as Christianity if there wasn't Judaism first. This was a part of God's plan. All right, but for the main points, number one, we have experienced God's mercy. This is what Paul's telling the Gentiles, but then he also tells them, be careful not to reject Christ. Remember, some branches were cut off because they rejected Christ. You've been grafted in. So we've experienced God's mercy. That's the, that's the greatness, but the warning is, be careful not to reject Christ. And the second point he's making in this story is that anyone and everyone can experience God's mercy. So he says again, or for the first time. So us for the first time, Gentiles, or these Jews that previously didn't believe and rejected Christ who were cut off. He says God can do whatever he wants. And if they choose to follow Christ, they'll be grafted in right away, right again. And then we'll all be people of God. So this tree represents, it doesn't represent the church. It doesn't represent the Jewish nation. It represents the people of God. It's bigger. And those in the Old Testament that did not know Christ are still, if they believed and were faithful to God, they became a part of the people of God. Those in the church, those Gentiles like us, like me, who get to receive God's mercy, Jesus' mercy, we're grafted in. We're a part of the people of God. That's what the tree is. That's what the root is. And he gives this great story to tell everyone that the gospel is for everyone. Uh, can, I, can I speak frankly for a minute? Um, don't you love that question? Because, you know, what are you going to tell me? I'm going to do it anyway, right? No, stop. Don't do that. Uh, uh, it's easy to come up with excuses why we don't, especially about things we don't fully understand. So when we're talking about missions and when we're talking about giving to missions, it's easy to come up with excuses and you know, we'll say, uh, you know, that I'm barely getting by myself or, you know, I'm not sure they deserve it. I, I'm not sure the missionaries work as hard as I do. 
Uh, are they just over there on vacation all the time? You know, is this someone, this is someone else's job. This is not my, I'm not interested in missions. I used to say that, by the way, that I never wanted to be a missionary. Um, don't, don't tell God no. Um, but sometimes things that we don't fully understand, we come up with all kinds of excuses and doubts why we don't need to be a part in helping it. Uh, I'm going to give you a, a story. It's something that's happened in the last couple of weeks to me personally, and, and hopefully uh, this is an example of um, well, it's both an example of what not to do and, and maybe you know, quite, anyway, it's the only example I've got. Alright. Uh, someone called here one day, and I answered the phone and it was a man from Cameroon, from the country of Cameroon, how he got our name or number, I don't know. And I talked to him for a while. His name is Jesse. Uh, spoke English pretty well, and he was asking for money. And I told him that, you know, as a church, all of our funds that's dedicated to missions is, is spent already. Um, but I kept talking with him. Uh, I prayed with him, and he kept calling back. <laughs> and he kept calling the next day, and then he called later the next week, and then he called again. And, and I answered a couple of times. I talked with him. And, then, and I really feel for him because he's talking about how he wants his kids to grow up to know Christ and he wants to preach and he wants to do this online school to continue training. I could tell he knew a lot of Bible and he had been trained uh, in being a messenger and being a Christian. But I didn't know what to do, but I didn't know. And, and there were, I will confess, there were a lot of times I saw the number. There was like 14 numbers long, you know, with the country code and everything, and I, I didn't answer it. I was like, it's Jesse again. And I might even have told Patrick and Presley if they were, it's Jesse again, don't answer. Uh, but what I did was I talked to Adam Umo, and, you know, because he's more familiar and experienced with that part of the world. Uh, and I got him to call, and I got him to email, and I, I got him to, you know, ask some questions for me. And because I told him, I said, I, I'm thinking about giving Jesse some money. And I don't know Jesse, never met him, uh, I don't fully understand. And, and Adam came up with some great questions, and, and there's a, a few concerns. Uh, and, you know, it was kind of like, you know, I don't know what to do. But so what I finally, what I decided to do was, I'm going to give him some money. So I sent him, you know, $200. And uh, because, hey, let's face it, folks, $200 to us. Uh, is, is really not much. And, and $200 for him, it means a whole lot. So I, what, the reason I tell the story is I had to get past all, because all of these excuses and all of these reasons flooded my mind with, I, I don't, I, I don't, I probably, I don't know if I should do this. And, and in the end, what I was confident about was that Jesse was a fellow believer, and then he had a heart to spread that message where he was. I was confident about that. And I wasn't confident about anything else, really. But I decided that I need to, I need to not worry about all the other questions I have and I need to give. Because I think what is needed more than excuses is we need more people willing to sacrifice and take responsibility. Now, that's, that's the embarrassing part of the trend. I'm not, by sharing that example, I'm not saying, hey, look what I did. Um, but we, I had all the doubts and I had all the questions and I had all of the times I didn't answer the phone and, 
And, and then I got to this point where I said, you know, I think I just need to forget about all that and help him because what is that to me and how much could it mean to him? So that's, that's really what we're asking to do. Um, we're asking you to do. We're asking you to give money. Now, I can tell you, you know, we have visited these missionaries. We, we've get, one of our elders, you know, Dale and Vicki, they're over there right now, right now as we speak. So we know these people, uh, and, and we've visited, and, and, and we've been there, and, you know, and, and so you, you can be confident in, in what you're giving. And, what, and, and if, again, if you have any questions, then talk to Jared, like I said. One of the things Romans 10 talks about in that first passage we looked at, how beautiful are the feet of those that spread good news. Um, and then in chapter 11, that main message of this allegory and everything is just how beautiful it is to be a part of God's mercy, to be saved, to, to understand, to be grafted in. It's not anything we did or anything we deserve. One of the things that I think is beautiful to God, including this, I, I, there's a, I read this, actually, this story came, one of the members of the urban ministry, who also meets here like at four o'clock, they told me this story, and, and then I wanted to use it today. I, I heard about it uh, a month or two ago. It's about this professor at Syracuse University in New York. What if I told you, this is him, Sam Van Aken. He's an art professor at Syracuse University. What if I told you that there is a tree that has and produces 40 different kinds of fruit? Same tree, but 40 different kinds of fruit. I heard that story and I thought it's impossible. Well, from what I understand, in 2008, Sam Van Aken started working on an art project. And he started grafting in branches to the fruit tree at Syracuse University, to one just in the common area out on, you know, right outside one of the classroom buildings. This is a picture of it. Most of the year, it looks like any other tree. Springtime comes, and there are blooms of plums, peaches, apricots, nectarines, cherries, and almonds, all on the same tree, all stone fruit, and like different kinds of plums, different kinds of peaches, different kinds of nectarines, cherries, all that. 40 different kinds of fruit are on this one tree. In the summer, the blooms go away, and 40 different kinds of fruit are on this one tree. The, the story gets even more, and I think it's beautiful, and I think it's beautiful to God uh, because I think that's his plan for our world. And uh, what's amazing is that Sam Van Aken has started like growing little trees and grafting in branches and then transplanting those and selling those. And there's, now there's places all over the country and, and some in other parts of the country that have a tree like this that produces lots of different kinds of fruit and lots of different kinds of blooms. Uh, and it's just become this thing. And he says, he has this quote, says, I wanted to make this tree that would blossom in different colors and bear different types of fruit so that when you'd happen upon it, it would cause this moment of rethinking that hopefully becomes the beginning of a story. That's what we want today to be. That's what we want Mission Sunday to be, to where it's just, hopefully it causes a little bit of rethinking 
that says, wait, we are one church. We are in this together. We, we need to be helping each other. And how beautiful it is when we do. God has thought of that all along. God has worked in people to change their lives, to help change your life. Now, what can you do to help change someone's else, someone else's life? Uh, last scripture, Revelation chapter 7, 9 and 10. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. This is what God thinks is beautiful. They were clothed in white robes, held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar. Salvation comes from our God, who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. There's good news in Romans 10. There's good news in the story of the olive tree in Romans 11. There is good news in this picture of heaven in Revelation chapter 7, and we get to be a part of it. I'm going to ask the praise team to come on back up. Um, we're going to do something we haven't done in a long time. We're going to actually pass baskets. Uh, Presley has gotten some of our youth groups, some of our teens, to volunteer to do that. And in a moment, we're going to sing a song and do that. Now, I know many of you have already given, and I know many of you have already put your check back in that black box back there. I, I did that this morning. So... So we're not passing the baskets to make you feel awkward if it comes by and you don't put anything in. We're, we're, that's not what we're doing. But we're passing the baskets so that everyone has an opportunity to give uh, to this cause. Um, so as we sing this song, our youth, go ahead, youth, come on, get in your places and get ready to pass the baskets. And, uh, and we'll sing this song and we'll pass the baskets while we're singing this song. And I hope that you are thinking of all the great things that God has done.